0: Somebody
1: put those hands together. Come on. Yeah. Man, what a good day to be alive. Keep on blessing me by commission. We're a little old school this morning. Exciting. Man, it is good to be here with you. Seems like a little while. I've been in Tennessee on family vacation and different things going on, and we're back in the saddle this morning. Special episode of Hey, I Know a Guy. So thankful for you all that have tuned in. I'm excited for our guests. That's right. You heard that plural guest this morning. We are excited to have the dynamic duo, the brothers, Dillingham, with us this morning. And here in just a few minutes, Pastor Chris Dillingham and Pastor Ken Dillingham from the great state of Ohio will be joining us and talking about many different things, subjects this morning. So there'll be no dude devotional because when you bring on the Dillinghams, they are the devotional of dudes. And so we're just excited to have them. All right, get ready, buckle up, get your snacks. Get ready to laugh, get ready to cry, get ready to be blessed in Jesus' name. Man, I told you I was so excited about this today. And on the phone lines, on the Hey I Know a Guy hotline, I have none other than Pastor Chris Dillingham and Pastor Ken Dillingham, my good friends, they both pastor Revival Churches, they both are revivalists in mind and in action. And we're thankful for them being here. The greatest thing about the both of them that I know is they're huge Cardinal fans. And we're thankful oh. for them to be here today. <laughs> and uh uh Well, gotta go. sorry, right, bro. We gotta go. <laughs> uh, no, they're oh, huge look, the time. <laughs> look at the time. <laughs> Gentlemen, I am so thankful you both are here with us today and uh, coming on to talk with us. And uh, how's your days going, guys?
0: Man, it's so good to be here. This is Chris, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to be on here, appreciate you and what you do and uh, providing this. So, man, we're doing good. We actually just finished recording our podcast, which will drop probably later this afternoon or tomorrow. So uh, it's a great day, man. It's awesome.
1: Well, that's kind of what I wanted to bring you both on here to talk about is – Talk to me about the podcast. I know it's uh, the Dillingham Group. And tell us a little bit about the podcast, where we can find it, what it's about, and uh, go on to some details about this.
0: Sure, absolutely. So um, I'll let my brother share a little bit about the Dillingham Group and kind of kind of what that is and, and where that vision came from. But, you know, we were, we were like uh, a lot of people. <clears throat> we talked about doing a podcast for a really long time. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but back in 2020, there was this thing called COVID. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so you know, might, might remember that. Uh, but Vaguely. at that time, yeah, you know, everything was shut down. And my brother and I kind of were, we were in a position where it was almost like, man, you know, we've got the opportunity now like never before because we're in two different locations. Uh, you know, it was always a challenge to how we're going to do this. How and so we just, we said, you know what, this is something we've talked about. We want to do. And so, um, I think it was in uh, June of 2020, we launched the Mobilized Church podcast, and um, man, it's been it's been awesome. It's been amazing, and our whole focus has been it's it's interesting. We kind of joke the the whole focus is on really two components. It's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and then to take that transformation and then share with others so that we can make disciples. Love it. And, uh, when we first started, we had somebody, they, they, they kind of jokingly asked us like, okay, after you guys talk about, you know, your little discipleship thing, then what are you going to talk about? And, <laughs> you know, our response to that is everything is discipleship. That's right. Everything has to do with places in us that are not like Jesus, that he wants to transform. And then how we can use that to share with other people, that if God did it for me, he can, and, and, and he wants to do it for them. And so, man, we're, we're, it's been, it's been a beautiful journey. Um, you know, with podcasts, it takes a while to get things going and whatever, but, yeah. uh, it's been awesome and it's been great. I'll, I'll just share this for quick and I'll let my brother say something, but you know, it's been good for us as we work through some of these things and how God's working in us and to be able to do that and have interaction and engagement. It's been pretty awesome for us. That's awesome. As you just heard, our podcast is our COVID baby. <laughs> yes. Dude, they got people who have COVID babies. Our podcast is our COVID baby, Keep. That's I love right. it. A lot That's of travail
1: right. probably happened in that podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Zion travail. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my goodness. No, man. Let, let me tag real quick on the, sure. the backside of that, uh, just on, on the heartbeat of the Dillingham group. Um, <clears throat> I had spent some time serving in some roles, um, on the state level in the church and, um, and expand the kingdom. And I, I just began to feel like maybe a way that the Lord had, was leading my brother and I was to really kind of help churches become missional movement, not just the idea, you know, of structural church planting and then, you know if you'll build it, then they'll come type mindset, this, this mentality kind of that if we can make it cool enough, if we can make it awesome enough, um, you know, then we could, we could get people through the doors and then we could create some really amazing ways to, to, you know, put some super glue on their feet and get them to stay. And, you know, we just kind of felt like that the way, the place that the world was at, particularly the sort of the topsy curvy, Uh, context of of that COVID era and kind of where our world kind of was, Uh, you know, from 2016 to 2020, there was just a lot of upheaval and, and you know, kind of continues even into this day. So what we wanted to be able to do was to, you know, to provide, to help churches. And also, uh, man, we work with grants. We work with trying to help secure grants where maybe some churches aren't um, uh, because of religious exclusions. Um, might not be able to get some grant money that's out there. We like to partner with churches um, to be able to leverage some of those things that are out there to help not, not just simply make their church cooler, but to figure out how can we integrate and create relationships and help people know that the same Jesus that's transformed our lives can also help you and transform you because we know that everybody has their own struggles and issues that they're going through. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that still have an eye to the fact that Jesus can make a difference, but they just don't, they just don't see how it's relevant to quote unquote join a church. So that's why we want to, you know, we would just help churches become missional movements.
1: I Love it. I love it. I, you know, it's so funny you bring that up about missional minded is we're, we're trying right now to delve out of work in our downtown Maslin area, uh, right on the strip, we just found out we have two large apartment complexes downtown full of Hispanics, and they have nowhere to go to church. And in that one apartment building is um, a family from Puerto Rico, and she was from the Apostolic Church in Puerto Rico and came here and has nowhere to go because we don't have a church to wow. reach her because we have always been pigeonholed and feeling like we need to reach this and reach that. And hearing you talk about being missional-minded, you all need to rebuke me and get a hold of me today about this. Um, how many more have we missed downtown or we've missed here or there because we've been pigeonholed and thinking this is the way it's supposed to be, and now here we are downtown and finding out that we have people that are, that need an apostolic, they need a help, they need a mission. and. Um, what can That's we so reach?
0: You
1: know, so, what are That's some so things good. That you can suggest? What are some, so? If someone like me, a young pastor. I keep calling myself young. I'm 51, but I like to call myself young. Um, what are some <laughs> things that you can give us some advice um, in, in a small amount of window of time? What are some things that we can do to help ourselves and our church become more missional minded?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can you let me go first? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. All right. I think the main thing is this: is I think the first, the first, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, like majorly oversimplify this sure. in a lot of ways, and 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 you know, kind of what you're talking about with the downtown thing. It actually was a major part of the genesis of what got us moving in the direction we're going with this, you know, trying to trying to create a discipleship multiplication culture. I think the first step is really this, and this is applicable you know, to anybody listening, whether you're a pastor or whatever. This, I think this is the main thing, is is understanding what our own personal discipleship means first. We've got to get back to us being the disciples. And when I say that, we, we, we were in a meeting, Keith, we were in a meeting, my brother and I, with the most missional uh, pastors, some of the largest churches in America, and... Uh, Somehow we snuck into the meeting. They didn't kick us <laughs> out, so it was pretty awesome. And and they, they spent like three hours, I've told my brother a hundred times, and like that's three hours I'll never get back, trying to define what a disciple is. Oh. And so what we've what we've said is, man, that's easy. A disciple's simply a person that's willing to let Jesus change what they care about to match and reflect what he cares about. Oh. And so what we've tried to do is say, look. If we can just get back to a place where every single believer of Jesus gets back to personal discipleship, where they let Jesus change places in them to, to match and reflect what, how Jesus cares about those things, then, then what's the most important thing to Jesus? The mission, reaching people, reaching yeah. those people. Like you said, they have no church and so a lot of times what we try to do is we try to motivate people we, you know sometimes we'll use guilt or we'll use whatever motiv- try to motivate them to live on mission but if we can get them to be the disciple and let jesus transform them i mean you know we weren't raised in church coming to god man we were radical when we first came to god because there was this massive transformation that happened that people lose that vitality because they think I don't smoke crack and drink Budweiser. So there's not really too many places where Jesus needs to change me. And that couldn't be farther from the truth.
1: The days of the good sinner,
0: um,
1: they're hard to come by nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And, and,
0: and and even, even the believer sitting in the pew has places in them that are ultimately, there's a great book called gospel fluency by Jeff Vanderstelt. And he basically says that, that, you know, the truth is, the, the places in us that are not like Jesus are the byproduct of unbelief. And we have people sitting in our pews, good people, love God, faithful, give, do all the things, but there's still places in them that are places of unbelief. And it's evidenced by how we live our lives, where we put our time and energy, where we put our money, all of those kinds of things. And so that's where we say, man, if we can get people back to experiencing real personal transformation it brings the vitality and vibrancy of living for Jesus back to them.
1: Fantastic. Oh. oh, I love this. I, I, Ken, can you uh, piggyback a little bit off of that? Um, and and, and yeah. let me kind of give you guys a direction. What I'm thinking is knowing you all a little bit and being around your churches, this is um, this is something that you don't just preach, teach, but this is something that you put into both of you put into effect um both of you have missions i like to call them missions you call them whatever outside of your your home church and you do things at different places um but, but explain to us the importance of um this in in your uh, mission of getting outside mm-hmm. of the home church i guess am i trying to make sense here is
0: yeah, yeah, no, I got I got where you're going. Go
1: for it. Because I, yeah, I like I think, the fact that you guys you don't just talk about it, you put it into action. That's what I respect a lot about the brothers Dillingham awesome. is they put this stuff into action, what they're they're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Philosophy. The world the world's got enough religious philosophy out there. They don't you know, they not they don't need more people rebranding and repackaging religious rhetoric. Um, you know, one of the things that One of the things we like to say is is that a lot of churches spend 80% of their efforts on one-seventh of their missional opportunity, and uh, seven, of course, is a denominator because that's how many days are in the week, and I'll give you three guesses about what day the one out of seven is our missional emphasis, and the first two don't count. Oh, yes, that's right, Sunday. This isn't to minimize the importance of Sunday. The Bible talks about forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We believe that. And we believe that there's power and there's a there's an amazing impact in the lives of people when we gather on on Sunday. Our point isn't to minimize what Sunday is. It's to maximize the fact that we have six, seven of our week that remains with missional opportunities. Yeah. So if we could teach people how to live on mission in the key spaces of life, those places where they live, learn, work, and play, then what we can do is we can allow them. So my brother just mentioned that a disciple person is someone who's willing to let Jesus change what they care about, that matches and reflects the values of the kingdom, which is the heart of God, right? The heart yes. of Jesus. And so so what what we like to say is, man, if we can help our people learn how to live like missionaries, not not to try to figure out a way to become great salesmen for our churches and figure out how to entice people. Hey, you ought to come with me on Sunday. Again, we don't have any problem. Bring them, bring them with you on Sunday. You're going to experience Jesus. But what we're saying is, is that there's a vast majority of people out there. 40% of people said that they're open to an invitation to a church service on a recent, uh, Lifeway research, um, poll. 40% of unbelievers, I think there were like 5,000 people that were uh, interviewed, and, they, and 40% said that they are open to an invitation to a church service. 80% said that they were open to a conversation with someone that they trusted. Wow. Now, now, Keith, what we, what we say is, is that if we could get people living like missionaries in the, those key spaces of life, again, where they learn, live, work, and play, then they could begin to have those transformation conversations with people And begin to identify that there are people around them, all around them, that the Spirit's been drawing, and they're open to letting Jesus change what they care about. So what we like to say is, is not just simply that we're going to put a map on the wall and throw a dart at the map and say, well, our next church is going to be planted there. But what we like to do is to say, where is Jesus showing up? Where are we seeing transformation get traction? And where are we starting to see missional overflow? The region that that's happening Begin, then begins to be a focus of ours to say you know what we, we've got some missionaries that are li- living on mission in those places and they're starting to find discipleable people let's begin to work towards um, uh, um, sort of creating some more structure around that and 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 so really the 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 places that we go the life points we call them that are outside of our main campus we say man this shouldn't be the mission shouldn't be constricted to a brick and mortar building That's right. the church is mobile because it's the people of god when that missional overflow happens then we say okay now let's let's see how we can structure that and and sort of release that community that body of christ in that in that region
1: and so how does that correlate to what um, trying not to get too personal, but well, how does that correlate to what you guys have done? Because I know, like Chris has or had, I, I don't know uh, the the mission that was downtown. I was there one well, time.
0: Yeah, that's his, his part.
1: Okay, and then Ken, you have a few as well that are yep. in. Um,
0: yeah, we have a Spanish work in New Carlisle. Um, one of our life points is downtown Dayton, which is the number one heroin overdose capital. Capital of North America per capita, um, we have, and we have a campus in Sydney, and 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 like you were just saying, my bro, I, I think my brother should answer this because I think his not 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 just the Smith Park one, um, but his nights in as they call it, Rossford campus. I mean, I think Chris ought to speak to that because it speaks directly to how do you create missional overflow that then results in an actual like a location where ministry happens off, off the main campus come on talk to us Chris. yeah ab- yeah absolutely man so so we had a couple of our church that went through this where we, we started implementing like how do we build a discipleship culture uh good people faithful had, had never personally really um been engaged in the mission per se uh but man god really started using them they got connected with the guy uh, started discipling him long story short he ended up um, not because he really needed the money to do it. He just, he he wanted to help the community. And there's a, there's a motel in our area. It was a very high sex trafficking motel, a lot of drugs, a lot of heroin overdoses. And he wanted to partner with the owner to help kind of, you know, how do we help these people? How do we turn this thing around? So his first call was to the people that were discipling him and said, Hey, we don't know what to do, but we need you to come help these folks. Start out with Thanksgiving. Um, you know, they don't have any place to go for Thanksgiving. And so we, we fed about 90 people for Thanksgiving, did a complete uh-huh. meal, went down and fed them. And then uh, our, our, our church family just really fell in love with the people. And so we did a big Christmas deal. There were about 40 or 50 kids out of this group, about 40 or 50 kids that, you know, weren't going to have any Christmas and, and whatever. And so we, we did a big deal for Christmas. Long story short it it started opening up so this missional overflow thing it started to open up connections relationships started being built and people started saying so so we had a we had a choice we could either say hey let's send a bus and pick them up and bring them back to main campus so that it makes our sunday attendance look better or we could go to where they are build relationships with them minister to, wh- to them where they are and reach more people by going to where they are and so We literally started just going and every Sunday we would uh, take them lunch and have conversations with them, do discipleship, spiritual conversations. And it's opened up an opportunity now where they gave us two of their hotel rooms. We were able to knock out a wall, go in, remodel, update it. So we actually have a kind of a a small church in this hotel room that we go to every Sunday. And our focus is not just around having services. Our focus is around building relationships. We've had, uh, when we were there, they were averaging, I don't know. It was, it was a couple heroin overdoses, um, a month and that the police actually came to one of our services and said, we just want to thank you because it's been like, I think it'd been like three months since the last heroin overdose in that motel. And, uh, so, so that's just a, yeah. So, so a couple in our church, who just were living on mission, missional overflow happened, and now we have an opportunity to reach and minister to people that we would have never had the opportunity to reach. That's uh, so crazy. Hey, Keith. Uh, yes, sir. Isn't it funny? Like some some places you see these industrial places and plants and factories, and they say, um, you know, 61 days since our last accident, you know, yeah. keep, our, keep our workplace safe. You know you're on mission when your sign says, you know, 61 days since the last overdose. <laughs> I, love <Yeah>. love <laughs> right? you know, I love it. I love
1: it. I love it. Well, Thursday at noon, guys, I meet with a man, uh, from our city who owns about 40% of our downtown, uh, the buildings, the properties. And, um, I got to tell him that he's got to give me this corner piece of property that just opened. He's got to give it to me for rent free and I need it for about six months. And, um,
0: That's
1: awesome. I, what, what else can he say to me? But no. And, um, He's kind of radical and yeah, so right. am I. So what's what's the worst? If God's with it, then he's going to say yes. And so yeah, I've got to step out of faith. Man, and I love it.
0: Go you ahead. know what's so amazing, Keith? I think what's so amazing in some of these situations is is that is that the what's so cool with the mission is, is you can say to people that sometimes are on the outskirt or the fringes, and you can say to these people, you can say, hey, why don't you join me in making a difference in our community? Let's change the world
1: together. Yes. yes.
0: I mean, that's... Isn't that what Jesus said to his, this, this is a thing this is a thing that I think that it really demonstrates the limitation sometimes of the way that we advance the kingdom by growing our, our, our church. I, I, I believe we should be about growing the church and, and whatever. but you know Jesus says to these disciples, these people who, who were going to become his disciples, they were just fishermen, and they were business owners, if you want to say it that way. and Jesus said, "Come follow me." And I will make you fishers of men. Yes. They didn't really know what that meant. No. But you know what? What's amazing is imagine what happens when a powerful pastor like you, who is, who's got so, I mean, you got, you understand God, you, you're a praying man, your, your church is spiritual. You've got so many things to offer. And rather than saying to this guy, Hey, why don't you come to our church and become a church member? And you can really help us advance the kingdom. Well, now you're going to say, Hey, why don't you follow me? As we start changing the world together, I want you to get on board with that. And he starts seeing Jesus show up in those places and he starts seeing miracles and things like that. You don't think that people like that aren't going to ask questions and say, Hey, how do I get more involved? How do I get deeper in this? How do I, you know, and so I I just think this is where some of the buzz and the excitement comes from just all of a sudden beginning to realize, wow, man, this thing opens up doors into so many places. It's mind-boggling.
1: I agree, and, and I think that um, and this is something that I've, I've really st- strongly tried to push to our leadership and our church folks is that when you said it so well, when you said the church, and our church is not stick and frame and brick and mortar. It's bigger than right. just our physical address where we get mail sent to. It's, it's much more, and we've got to take this mentality that this is where people have to come to get saved. And they, I've seen people get saved in their bedrooms, praying at night, and somebody's kitchen table, and parking lots, and everywhere else. Jesus didn't mm-hmm. stick into a, a physical you know, place. This is where now. I I agree with you, like you said earlier in the podcast, is you know, we should assemble ourselves together. We should have that. That helps the body, but the body needs to reach out to other places as well. This is God here. I brought you guys on the podcast and here I am preaching to two guys. That <laughs> no, but you know, no, I, mean? I love that. Bro.
0: What you're, what you're saying is so important. And, and Chris and I have said this and remember Chris, I said, I made the statement. um I, I, I think you were preaching for us one time and you, you were preaching. You had that thing that you did. It's called difference makers. And, and we were mm-hmm. just, Man, we were just pumping this thing and, and, and promoting this missional culture and whatever. And I made the statement. I think the first time I made it, you, you were actually preaching for us. And I said, I can't wait for the day that we're living so on mission 24-7, touching lives, helping people, seeing transformation, that, that God starts you know, saving people, transforming people in their kitchens, in their living rooms, and at the workplace, whatever. That, that a significant portion of our Sunday services are going to be, hey, everybody, we'd like to introduce to you your new brothers and sisters, right? People who come to the Sunday gathering yeah. who yeah. have exp- already experienced transformation and new mm-hmm. birth and whatever, and we just take a moment in our service. You remember that, Chris? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's a huge deal. We, so, you know, language, language both reflects and creates culture. And I mentioned this to the church again on Sunday, but uh, around here, we tell people, we don't say, you know, hey, it's Sunday, we're going to church. We've asked people to change your language and say, we're gathering with the church today. And that may, that may sound like, uh, you know, what does that do? What does that mean? I think it's huge because huge. When, what, it, what it reflects is you are the church, the person sitting next to me. We are the church yes. wherever we gather, wherever we go we are the church. And I think that mindset, like exactly what you're saying, that mindset, that attitude is so huge. And so, yeah, what my brother's saying there, you know, how, how we as pastors as leaders, and I think as spiritual believers, the spirit of Jesus inside of us is a missional spirit. So people recognize that. And again, I just, I go back to, you know, people can get bored with services you don't sing songs my way, or, you know, I don't like yes. the style or whatever, that you, you can get bored with services. But when people are living on mission, and like my brother's saying, you're praying people through in the, you know, in your living room or you're, you know, making a new connection with your neighbor and all of those, it, it just brings back that vitality of living for Jesus. I think that's so critical, especially in the day that we're living in.
1: Man, I love it. I love it. Well, guys, I think that's about our time up. I could sit here and talk about this with you guys all day long. This is fantastic. We would love it. Yes. (laughs) This is incredible. Hey, so tell us, uh, for the listening group, um, where can we find the podcast and how do we look for it? What is the exact name of it? Uh, Any kind of place that we can find any kind of materials or anything to know more about this and what you guys are doing. Where can we find this?
0: Sure, absolutely. So the podcast is called The Mobilized. Church podcast and it's available on all of the podcast platforms So you can find it uh, Apple podcast Spotify all of those things so uh, just do it do a search for the mobilized church podcast uh, you can also check us out at the Dillingham group org we got information how to connect with us uh, if you would like more information your pastor will, you know want more information um, and then the other the, the other Repository would be uh, social media platforms. Um, if you go to, if you especially our Facebook page, if you go to Facebook and you search the Dillingham Group, um, there's another there's another group called Dillingham Group that that you might get a little confused. It's about uh, ancestry, so we don't don't want to go there. <laughs> but go to the Dillingham Group, like I like the Ohio State University, the Ohio right? State, the
1: Dillingham, that's so, right.
0: The Dillingham Group. And one thing I'll just mention real quick, especially for pastors, is there's a Linktree link, and it's got a link that you can click on that, and it'll take you know, to our podcast or a website, and there's also a an assessment that we created for pastors, a multiplication assessment that they can go fill out, and uh, we we produce a report and get that back to them and then have a discussion with them about maybe how we can help in the future. So all of that is on social media.
1: Love it, love it, love it. Well, listen, I got one thing to say before we go out and we, uh, we cancel out this and not cancel out, but we're done with this uh, interview is um, for years, one of the things that I've loved about you both, and we've kind of taken it on my family as something is, as uh, I call it Ken's catchphrase, and it's come on, somebody. And you both have preached <laughs> for me. You both have preached Come for me. Home and you, and you both have it. Well, Sunday, absolutely, my youngest daughter was up leading song service Sunday, and she snuck a preach. You guys know what that is, you know, when someone gets up and they sneak a <laughs> preach. And but uh, well, my minister's leaned over and says, "You're not even going to be able to preach today." I said, "Well, what's what's left to preach?" There's now she done talked about everything there is to preach about, <laughs> and about that time she pulled a Dillingham on me. Is what we call it now. And she stopped and she slammed the platform and she said, "Come on, somebody!" And I had to say, That's "I thought I'm about you guys. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: That is awesome. <laughs> love it." So, yeah, That's he fabulous, he, he
1: leaned over and said, "She just Dillinghamdus." I said, "That's what she did. That's
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, I love you, you see, guys. you got a fabulous. Hey, man, you've got a fabulous church and you've got a fabulous family. Thank we you. love Amen. you. And yeah, what a man! What a privilege to be able to be on this." podcast on your podcast thank you so much for the invite man i'm, I'm thankful you're here.
1: yeah if you guys that are listening to this are in the dayton area or the toledo area you need to go visit their churches if your pastors in the area give them a call reach out to them send them a, a text or an email and get a hold of them get a hold of the resources um, we, my producer and I have been sitting here and we've been giving ourselves finger points and different things. You've been saying, we got to do this and we got to call them about this. So I'm excited. Reach out to them. It'll help you. It'll help your church. And, uh, I reached out a few weeks ago for a young lady, uh, Chris, just, I haven't told you this yet. Uh, she yeah. came, came and visited and it got a hold of her and, uh, she's been traveling cause her mother lives here, been traveling down here almost every week, right. two weeks ago. She got rebaptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, on wow. stemming and coming you from the guys in Toledo, coming from there, and they came here, and that happened, and it was, it was pretty powerful. And um, so I'm hoping awesome. she gets to see love you all more it, up man. there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you both very Absolutely. much. Please give your family you our do, love. Man. All right. God bless. Right. Thank you. All right, man. Thank
0: you, bro. All right. Bye, bye. Wow.
1: What a powerful episode. Thank you to the Dillinghams for coming on today. What a blessing. You don't even have to be a pastor of a church to appreciate what we heard today from these two wonderful men that have a great desire within them to help people. You could just be somebody who gathers together at a church house and hear what they said today and it bless you. And the reason being is because I am convinced being around these two guys, that they know a guy just like I do who can change your life. If you're listening to this today and you're one of the percentage of people that struggles with heroin or meth or alcohol or pornography or whatever your vice might be, I know a guy who can change your life. How do you know that, Keith? Because I have seen multiple people that their life has been changed when they've been introduced to this man named Jesus Christ. So, thank you today for listening. And, like always, if you need some more uh, advice, some more help, some more guidance, please get a hold of us through our email, get a hold of us through our Facebook page, and we'd be more than willing to help because we know a guy that can change your life. Thank you again. God bless you.